Hey, it's me. Welcome to another episode of Empower Apps. This will be the last episode of 2022. And I figured I would take this opportunity to kind of just have me on and talk about how things are going uh, as far as 2022 is concerned and what I'm hoping for in 2023. Um, We'll talk about kind of some of the uh, adventures that I've had in 2022. We'll talk about some fun stuff when it comes to development and uh, Swift. Uh, we'll talk about what I'm hoping for in 2023. And then we'll end by answering some of the questions that you sent me uh, either in the form or stuff that folks have asked me uh, throughout the uh, the podcast and on social media. So uh, let's get started. So if you watched episode 100 from last year, you probably know some of the craziness I've been dealing with, um, with the fire at my dad's house on Mother's Day of 2021, and then expecting child number six. Uh, as you imagine, things were pretty crazy. Um, and then unfortunately, at the end of November, uh, after Thanksgiving, my uh, father passed away unexpectedly. So this was... Um, just adds more complications to everything with his house. Um, and then a week after he passed away, uh, my, uh, Andrew was born. So, uh, Andrew is healthy. He's a wonderful one-year-old who, uh, actually loves to be recorded, uh, on this camera. Um, I record plenty of videos of him, uh, cause he's hilarious and adorable. Um, so whenever he sees my office, he thinks it's great because then he can record a video of himself and then watch himself, which he thinks is hilarious. So yeah, he's, he's your typical one-year-old. Um, but with my father, it, uh, it meant like all the insurance stuff, the rebuilding of the house, all that crap was basically thrown on, on my lap. Uh, to deal with him with that in his estate, but it's mostly just dealing with the house stuff was a pain in the neck. Dealing with insurance uh, is a big pain. It was already a big pain for him uh, in his last few months. Uh, and it, it was now my turn to deal with it, getting the house rebuilt. Uh, luckily it was all done. Uh, the house was built, finished up in like July or June. We put it on the market uh, right away. I had a really great real estate agent who throughout the year, um, I gave delegated the job of picking stuff. So um, I don't know if you know the the thing about Theseus's ship is if you replace all the parts of it, is it still Theseus's ship? I, I felt the same way with this house that I had been raised in. Um, I had no sentimental value to it. It was pretty much destroyed in the fire. So as far as rebuilding it, like I just... I wanted whatever, pick whatever paint color, carpet, flooring you want, appliances, just to make it sell. And uh, that that's really what I cared about. I had no 10 mil value to, to that stuff. Yeah, she did a great job helping with that. That's, that's a burden I just did not want to deal with with six kids at home and my own business. Um, and the house sold pretty quickly, as you may imagine, come August. Uh, and we got it sold just in time for before the market really got bad. Well, not bad, but not as good as it used to be with, with the way things are right now in December, 2022 here in the U S. Um, and just happy to, to get that off my shoulder at the end of August. Uh, the other thing that had happened was we had a water incident, uh, (laughs) in March. Um, we found out that we had a leak in our dishwasher, and that had done some serious damage to the flooring in our kitchen. 
and the ceiling in our laundry room and the wall as well, which the laundry room's right underneath it. Um, so yeah, we, we didn't have a kitchen, a laundry room for a few weeks. It was crazy with six kids. It's one thing to not have a kitchen to cook dinner in and prepare meals. It's another thing to not have a laundry room to wash their clothes, which can imagine, especially with a newborn, uh, does not last, uh, does not stay clean very long. Um, that, that was a huge headache to deal with. I, I don't know how, how long we didn't have a kitchen. Um, and we didn't have a, a, a dishwasher, um, that worked. It was really difficult dealing with, uh, the warranty company, the insurance company in regards to all that, the people who redid our house or redid the kitchen, essentially putting it back to the way it was. That's, that's all we wanted really. Uh, we didn't want any improvements. Uh, we just want our kitchen back, um, we're fantastic. We're really happy with them. Um, but yeah, that, that was a big pain. Uh, we actually ended up replacing a couple of appliances, this kitchen, this, this year, excuse me, in our kitchen. So, uh, that's, that's been a big relief to get back to normal and, and have a working dishwasher again. August, I went to 360 IDEV and had a really great time. That was an awesome conference. Got to meet people that I've had on the podcast before. Asim, Ellen, Michaela, John. All the last few guests were all speakers at the conference. So a lot of people I've had on the show, uh, I met in person for the first time. I mean, I had been in an in-person conference in three years. So that was fantastic. Um, the only bummer, of course, was the unfortunate uh, announcement that it was the last 360 item. Really sucks because it's an awesome conference. Great to see a lot of people there. So yeah, I ended up actually taking the whole month of August off just because of all the craziness I needed. I knew I needed a month off before I went back to going to my usual schedule come September. So I was hoping for a break. Kids went back to school and got sick and I got sick and my wife got sick and baby got sick. So that wasn't cool. Um, but then, you know, I think November was honestly our first normal month this year. Yay. Month 11. Um, so yeah, uh, it's been crazy and just glad things are back to normal more or less. I think a lot of the craziness is over. So yeah, that's, that's my 2022 kind of, kind of sucked in a lot of ways. Um, but, uh, the podcast just keeps chugging along. Like I knew, I knew at the beginning, well, I knew, especially when my father had passed away, that my schedule was going to be the way it was. A lot of things like that I wanted to do, I just couldn't get to. Partially because of that, partially, well, we'll get to, but like my business was really doing good this year, honestly. Um, clients have been fantastic. Uh, it's been it's been great as far as that's concerned. They've been super flexible and understanding with my my situation. We can talk a little bit more. Let's talk a little bit more about business. Maybe let's let's talk about what I what I wanted to do and what I couldn't do. Yeah, I I try to post pretty regularly to social media. I want to obviously increase subscribers. So if you like this podcast, please share it. If you like this YouTube channel, please share it. YouTube was a big thing. Um so the first episode I did in video would have been uh, Tim's episode. Gosh, what was that? Let me pull it up. So that would have been episode number 87. 
so this is 139 uh and that was a year ago but what it would exactly april of 2021 and um before that i mean i did upload to youtube but it was just you know audio only uh and i feel like there's been a lot of improvements uh video wise to the podcast since then um and just i wanted to expand out to youtube because i think it's just another um another source for people to find out about this podcast um i don't think video i mean i think it does add something you know to actually see people's faces um and i've upgraded the equipment quite a bit since then so i have this opal camera that i use 4k uh which is awesome. I think like 24, 30 frames per second, something like that. Uh, and that's really good. Um, it's a bit, it's actually a camera in beta. There, there've been a couple of issues I've run into with it. Um, sometimes the recording frame rate is a little bit off or, um, honestly it doesn't work <laughs> when you're doing Microsoft teams, all of a sudden the camera won't, won't work. Um, luckily if I unplug it and plug it back in, uh, it'll work fine. Uh, I upgraded the recording equipment. So last episode with John was the first one with this, uh, shore mic and the, uh, this, uh, what else is there? Oh, the Scarlet pro cloud filter. Uh, and what else did I replace on here? And, but I mean, hopefully you've noticed a big improvement in audio quality and a big improvement in video quality over the last few episodes. Um, so yeah, that, that's been a big thing. Um, I want to go back, talk about YouTube. So post YouTube transistor has been awesome. It just keeps getting better. I love the new people feature. My second oldest daughter, the 10 year old, uh, I paid her to like import all these Twitter profiles. Uh, thankfully before, uh, Elon took over. So that's been great. So every time I have a new guest, all the old guests are now imported into the podcast feed. I want to do something with the website and people too, but I haven't gotten that far, but, uh, yeah, uh, I really appreciate her work. She got paid for it. So I don't know if that makes her an employee yet. Um, but she, she did a great job, uh, importing all my previous guests on the show onto the podcast. Now I can import new people or just type them in, honestly, because um, we'll get into it. But Twitter is Twitter right now. Uh, I'm still on Twitter. I'm not going to leave Twitter, but I'm not. It's a holiday, so I don't really care. Like, I'm probably going to upload some videos to Buffer and get those scheduled. I use Buffer a lot. Jordan Morgan, uh, he's been a guest at least twice on on the podcast um when we did that fantastic series on indie apps if you haven't checked that out definitely should a lot that was fun to do last year the beginning of january um with charlie and jordan check the playlist out i'll put a link here or here wherever youtube does it i use buffer a lot um and what i've even before elon had took over i wanted to expand out um if you follow me on twitter you probably know that i wanted to go to other social networks so not so much Facebook. I, I I kind of feel like Facebook's a lot of work. That's not worth it. I know Buffer has a plugin for Facebook, but I'm not convinced that Facebook is really worth it. If you disagree with me, let me know. I know a lot of people post to Facebook as far as gr- social media growth is concerned, but I haven't uh, read it. Just hasn't been a great audience 
and very receptive to this content. LinkedIn kind of was the first social media platform I thought about sharing to on occasion. And I've gotten some really great feedback from folks on LinkedIn. Like, honestly, if I want to find people who are professionals who are interested in this stuff, LinkedIn is kind of the place for it. Um, I don't, I don't just want to reach like people who are already fans of Apple stuff and Apple development and Swift. I want to find new people. Um, so that's why I would post the LinkedIn video clips and things like that. Uh, the other, uh, social media that I've uh, started posting to is a little known site called TikTok. So yes, I have a TikTok braid digit channel or whatever it's called, um, where I post videos on there. Um, and that's been fun. That's just been some, something I want to try out. Uh, I don't know how long I'm going to be doing it, but we do have a TikTok channel thing. I'll post it in the link uh, where I post clips from the episodes. The thing that makes my work harder is the obvious fact that TikTok is v- vertical video. So I have to do two versions of the every clip. I have to do the... Um, it's actually really complicated. I do YouTube shorts too. So my apologies if you're a subscriber who gets inundated. I hate the UI for that stuff, but what are you going to do? Shorts seems worth it for me. Uh, I know some creators haven't found shorts worth it. I have. It's been great. So, um, you know, I've already had to branch out into doing vertical video clips anyways. So, um, yeah, uh, it's interesting so tiktok has like a 10 minute limit and like youtube has a one minute limit so i pretty much have to go to the lowest common denominator and make my short clips one minute each twitter has a two minute 20 limit so those are widescreen i've found those to be worth it's worth doing widescreen on that uh the 16 by 9 as opposed to 19 by 9 by 16 i knew i was gonna say that wrong so, uh, yeah, I post vertical videos to shorts and TikTok and horizontal videos to LinkedIn and, um, Twitter. And, uh, yeah, so that comes to the other social media, the literal elephant in the room. Uh, and that would be, uh, Mastodon. So, you know, I think I signed up for Mastodon. A try Swift that would have been 2018, maybe. I'm not quite sure, but it would have been back in 2018. I signed up and I, I honestly couldn't find my account. Uh, I, I didn't have anything against Mastodon, but for me, it's like it's, it's who's there, right? Like, if nobody is gonna listen to my toots, as you might imagine, um, then what's like what's the point in me posting there like so that's that's kind of what it came down to uh and since people were going there i was like fine i'll go there so i'm at uh leo g dion at c.im uh i picked the ser- I, I had to pick a server i wasn't like i didn't want to necessarily focus on ios i'm do other stuff in swift i do stuff outside of swift um even though that's kind of or not outside of swift but 
you know, I, I wanted a more general server and I had no clue what to do, just like everybody else has no clue what to do when it comes to picking a server. And so I, um, I picked C.IM because I had the shortest name. I think it stands for creativity, innovation, and motivation. And I was like, sure, I'm creative and innovative and I could look for some motivation. Sounds good. So I signed up there. Um, I think if I was going to do it again, I might pick like Hackyderm. Um, but whatever, I'm not, I'm not going to change it. I'm going to stick with where I'm at. Uh, it's a short name. Easy to know. Leo G Dion at C I M. You can find me there on Mastodon and it's been a fantastic experience. I'm, if you have any suggestions as far as apps to use, I think I'm looking at like Metatext and Mast. That's kind of what I'm playing around with, but if you have a better one, as far as sharing on there, I either, I, I, I hope Buffer puts on something to plug into Mastodon. We'll see. Probably. I mean, if it continues to grow and journalists are there, I can imagine they will. Jordan, if you're watching this or anybody else at Buffer, you know, that'd be great. Otherwise, I'll write something. I mean, it's just Activity Pub, right? I'm super interested in Activity Pub and see how it works, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I have only a finite amount of time, right? Uh, but Mastodon's been great. I have no problem with it. The following is a little bit awkward if they're not on the same server I am, but you know, there's worse things to deal with as long as there's people there and it's a great community, which so far it's been, I'm super happy with it. Uh, if you're interested in joining another server, uh, Jay has one, uh, at iOS dev space. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, so with Mastodon, I think the one big drawback going back to what we were talking about is sharing video clips. So there's a few suggestions, but the way I've done it, and it might not be the right way to do it, is when I export. Um, so I do export out a compressor. I do a 4K, 4K, 4K um, 720p and 540p. I think, and the 540p is usually the one I post to Mastodon. I found, depending on the server rules, what video you can post on there, I found that, um, like, at least with C.IM, I think it has to be, like, around 40 megs. So it's not the best quality, but at least it gets word out about the podcast episode, so I'm all for it. So if you're watching this right now, I'll probably post this clip on Mastodon. You know, subscribe, please. I'd love that. Um, and let me know what you think as far as posting these on social media. So yeah, I think that's it as far as social media is concerned. I just kind of, I'll continue to post to Twitter until the end times, as long as people click on my links and like and uh, stuff. And, you know, it's a skin off of my back to post it on to buffer. So I don't really care. And I'll definitely respond if you DM me. All right. So we talked about, the issues I ran into in 2022, a lot of personal stuff, talked about social media and producing the podcast, upgrading the equipment. I didn't talk about the biggest equipment I upgraded this year, uh, which if you catch my episode with Matt, you probably know it was upgrading from an iMac to a Mac Studio. Overall, uh, the Mac Studio is a big improvement over my 2019 iMac. I'm mostly happy with it. Uh, I can produce an episode and run Xcode in the background and run Compressor, and it's pretty decent <laughs> as far as getting episodes out. Super happy with that. But there have been like these 
Apple Silicon issues that I've dealt with on the MacBook Air before this that I feel like I'm still running into. And the biggest thing is just like USB-C connectivity kind of sucks sometimes. I need to update my, so my, one of my hard drives had died. It was like the time machine one. I couldn't care less, right? So junked it. And then the, I have like a storage hard drive that I use for all the old episodes. I think it was like eight terabytes on it. And I updated that. I ended up doubling. It. I actually got a 16 terabyte hard drive. Um, and now that I put that in an external enclosure from OWC, hook that up to the Mac studio. Now I have like 16 terabytes of storage. It's obviously a spinning drive, not the fastest thing, but I don't care. It's for storing stuff. And that's great. But that thing like constantly disconnects on me. I, I don't know why. And not, not while I'm using it, but let's say I keep the studio on and I turn away and I come back and I get like five notifications uh, that say, by the way, your thing disconnected, you know, you should eject it before you disconnect it. Like, obviously I didn't, this is rising nuts. Um, I've tried talked to OWC about it. It's a Toshiba 16 terabyte. Um, I have, um, swapped out different USB-C cords. It's like hooked up to the Mac studio. It's not hooked up to a hub, any of that crap, but it's like, it drives me crazy. It drives me absolutely crazy. Cause I'm like, you know, please don't make this data corrupt. This is my archive. And, uh, yeah, it's just like weird. Um, I was stupid of course. And I've been running, well, I was running the beta of Ventura since probably like July or August. And you could blame it part of it on the beta, but like we're in release. And even before the beta, I had issues. Um, there are days where like I'll just get a spinning circle when I do anything in Final Cut Pro and that drives me crazy. Um Xcode. Let's see, what's what issues have I run? You're you get the issue where it's like you get build errors and um you can't see them unless you would clean build or you look at the actual log. I don't know if anybody else has run into this. Uh Apple Watch development. Let's talk about that. Oh my gosh. Like I've talked to this really nice fellow at um Apple. We do the calls almost every, like when they've been doing these one-on-one things and uh, we've gotten nowhere except maybe like my watch isn't connecting to Wi-Fi when it's supposed to. I don't know. But um, yeah, and like some days, there are some days I can't do any Apple Watch at all. I might need an actual device for a lot of reasons, which we can get into later. But um, it's, I I don't like to be one of these people who likes to gripe and moan about being a developer in the Apple space. I don't really complain a lot about the app store, about the cut. Um, I don't complain about adding like the ads on the app store. I don't, I don't try to get into it a lot, but like the stuff with just buying this really nice computer and having something stupid, like disconnecting hard drives or can develop on the Apple watch. It's these like small little pinpricks that just are really like, it's, it's getting to a point, right? I don't like to talk about it because for me, it's one thing to complain about it, but that's not, I want to provide like helpful advice to folks. And I'm just like, seriously, do you guys test this crap out? Like that's kind of what I feel like sometimes you're the biggest company in the world. And 
you run into these issues and you're just like, are you serious? Like, does anybody test this? Um, because sometimes that's, that's kind of the way it feels. Right. And like part of that's part of the reason why I'm not super enthusiastic about buying a new iPhone. I'm not so sure that buying a new iPhone 14 pro is going to fix my problems. Um, it's like, why, why bother? Um, unless I'm going to develop something that needs a dynamic Island. I just, I couldn't care less. Um, and you know, I have the iPhone 14 or excuse me, 11 pro max. Um, and it's fine. Like I can do everything I can do on it, but like, I don't see any reason to upgrade. Um, if Apple doesn't get their act together and fix stuff essentially is kind of what I'm getting at. Um, so yeah, the studio, it's got a lot of USB ports. I think I've gotten my, my setup kind of optimized. I will tell you one tip. Um, if you do anything, buy another Mac, like buy a second Mac. It's just, it's such a relief to have another Mac to like throw stuff on and, and do CI, do uploads. I, I use the, my Mac mini to do uploads to YouTube because then that way I can do whatever I want on the Mac studio and not worry about it. Um, that's, that would be one tip I would have buy a cheap Mac mini. Don't wait for the M2. It's not worth it. Um, cause you, unless you hear about speed, which sometimes I do. Um, yeah, it's just nice to have that in the background to run CI. Um, hopefully GitHub can get their stuff together. Maybe I could run CI on my Mac mini for my open source projects. But in any case, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's all I wanted to talk to when it comes to my equipment. Let's talk about what I've been working on. So I have a big client I deal with. That's been a fantastic relationship. And then I have uh, a smaller client I deal with. And, and if you follow me on social media, you probably know about GB. Uh, GB and Hard Twitch, my, my indie app. I got to have an indie app. So um, I have been working on those. Um, we got a phone app in this year for both apps. They share a lot of the same code. Um, they're both Apple Watch apps with... Um, that deal with health, health metrics, uh, calories, and heart rate. Uh, Swift UI, which has been great uh, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, with GB, we're pushing out a new feature to do push notifications. So I've been really working a lot on full stack push notifications, which has been awesome. Um, I have a repo, by the way, if you watch my stream. Oh, yeah, we should talk about the stream. The stream's been a lot of fun, uh, as long as I'm not sick and there aren't kids home, but uh, I will be so posted on social media when I do on occasion do that. Um, and, and, in speaking, going back, kind of circling back to heart twitch and GB, I actually have been streaming my workouts with heart twitch, which has been a lot of fun. I don't have a camera because I don't really want to share myself working out. Sorry, but, uh, I've been playing, uh, something that I actually had inspired me to do build hard twitch was that I would have, uh, I have a, either an elliptical, I used to have a really big elliptical, which by the way, I'm never going to get again because it's a pain to, to deal with. But, um, I have a smaller elliptical. I'll post a link to it in the show notes that I use. And, um, I'll have that. And then I'll have the two joy cons or used to be a Wiimotes. 
and I'll play a game while I'm on the elliptical and really get in some really good calories with that. It's been awesome. Uh, it was, it was awesome. And so that kind of inspired me to do heart twitch. I was like, well, you know, also the other thing is I like to watch speed runs, usually classic retro games. And, uh, I've seen on occasion people who do speed runs will share their heart rate. So that was the other inspiration. So, gosh, I don't know how, how long it's been, probably since October, I've been streaming my workouts at around 6.30 to 7 a.m. EST uh, almost every day. Um, and I've been doing two games on the Switch, uh, Ring Fit Pro, or Ring Fit Adventure, excuse me. Awesome game. I love it. I'm like almost done with it. I beat the first, there's like three parts. There's the first game, the hard game, and then the harder game, which is where I'm at. So there, I will post a link to the Twitch channel. Um, I also post videos to Break Digit 2, the second YouTube channel, where I'll post longer, not as interesting stuff. So you can check that out. And uh, so Ring Fit Adventure and Super Mario Galaxy uh, from the Switch, so the 3D All-Stars version. And I've been playing that as well. Um, and that's a... Uh, so with Ring Fit, I don't use the elliptical because Ring Fit already has its own exercises. Uh, Super Mario Galaxy is the one where I wear the I have the elliptical and just try to get as many calories as I can. And um, I added a activity ring overlay that you can use in OBS, so you can watch that and see how that works. And so I've been working out like every morning and posting that um, to the uh, to Twitch and to the second YouTube channel. So um, the big feature this year with both GB and Hard Twitch was getting an iPhone app. I wanted, honestly, the only reason I wanted an iPhone app was just more exposure because nobody looks on the watch app store. And, um, so that's really the biggest reason eventually. Um, so GB we're working on push notifications for instructors. So look out for that Uh, probably end of January, February ish. And then with hard Twitch, I think the thing I want to work on is just kind of like all the bugs that I've noticed as I've been using it. When I get those fixed and eventually I want to phase out, there's like a, a code you put in. I want to phase that out um, as soon as I can. Um, so that just a much more seamless experience with users being able to start the workout in the stream right away. Um, so I am working on that. Um, so yeah, and maybe in app push purchase in app, in app purchase, I think, you know, maybe add that because right now it's all through Stripe and the web. So yeah, that's that's with GB and Hard Twitch. Uh, the other app, if you know, I've been working on is Bushel. Uh, I would say I'm like halfway there. Bushel is a um, Mac OS virtual machine app, so you can start up a Mac OS virtual machine. Check out the website, get Bushel dot app, um, and it's targeted more towards developers. So uh, it work like you can start a machine, run a machine. Uh, you can import an IPSW file from Apple or another source that I'm not going to name and have a machine run Monterey or, you know, Monterey 12.4, 12.5. You can have it run Ventura 13, Ventura 13.1, Ventura 13.2, which is in beta as of the recording. And just test out your apps. Um, that's essentially the, what what the 
with apps for it, like I'll, I'll run into an issue with building a Mac app that I want to test out or developer tool. And I want to test out a specific configuration and I can do that with bushel or a build script. You know, I'll have uh, just a simple bash script that I want to test out and I want to snap, I want to test it. Okay. Doesn't work. Okay. Let's roll back to an older version and see how it works. I haven't put out, I mean, my apologies to folks, but I haven't put out an beta in the last couple months just because client work has picked up and life and stuff but i'm hoping to get one out probably in january so um take a look at that it's got versioning uh, most of the ui is set up um i just want to work on ui quirks and uh things there the other thing i've been working on is a lot of swift packages I, i'm pretty good at putting out swift packages much more than putting out apps so apologies on that um, you probably heard of sundial kit which was, um, comes out of my work that I did uh, for Heart Twitch and GBeat. I wanted a way to detect network connectivity, but I also wanted the, a way to communicate between the watch. Um, I, watch connectivity is weird, um, and I wanted a better, more abstract way to do it that kind of is more friendly to Swift UI. So you can definitely check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes to that. Um, so it does the watch connectivity stuff, makes that easier for you and the network observing stuff as well. If you followed my stream, you probably saw a sublimation. Uh, that is a vapor and iOS app swift package because the issue I've run into when, especially when you do Apple watch development is I need to run ngrok but I need to know where, what URL in Grok has set up for me. So sublimation, what it does is it will run, it uses a vapor server lifetime handler, I believe, to run ngrok on when you start your vapor server. And then it takes the URL and saves it to kind of a key bucket. I think I use K, KVDB right now, but hopefully we can use other services if you want to. It saves it there. And then when your iOS app runs, it'll know exactly where to look for that URL in the cloud. And so it just goes to KVDB and then using that bucket and key, it'll pull the URL and then it knows exactly where to talk to your Vapor server. Um, I think it's really helpful for me as far as like full stack Swift development is concerned. I don't have to keep going into the environment variable and changing the URL. It does it, it automates that all for me. Obviously, you have to integrate it into your app and hopefully only on your development uh, debug mode, but that's been great, and uh, I'll post a link to that. I had a video out, which I'll post to as well. Uh, Syndicate, I built last year, and I've continued to maintain it. Uh, if you're Parzani RSS, I use it for building the Bright Digit site. Um, whenever I need to post a new podcast episode, it uses that to parse YouTube and RSS, post it to the Bright Digit site. So if that's something you're interested in, um, definitely check out syndicate links in the show notes below. I guess, I don't know if I mentioned this, but one big thing was the redesign of the bright digit website. So this would have been, this would have been about 11 months ago. It says in GitLab. So I, uh, redesigned the whole entire website and migrated off of WordPress. I haven't talked about this because it might become either a conference talk or video, but I migrated the whole thing to publish. Um, I ended up using some libraries that I created like syndicate and SwiftTube to pull my YouTube channels 
and um, my RSS feed from my from this podcast to create pages on the website. So it just kind of creates a new markdown file. And um, it also pulls the newsletter for MailChimp. Subscribe if you're interested. So there's some good stuff there. So, yeah, that that was a big experience. And I'm really glad I did it. I'm really glad I'm off of WordPress. No offense to WordPress developers out there. But um, I'm really happy with Swift. I'm really happy with static site hosting off of Netlify. Um, yeah, so be on the lookout for that. There's probably going to be a video or a conference talk video on it. Uh, about my experience migrating from WordPress, plug in to publish by Sindel, and just some overall tips. So I'll kind of leave it to that. So before I close out, I want to answer some audience questions. What's your favorite architecture pattern? This is a really difficult question for me to ask because I don't really have one. Um, I don't know how to say this. I am not really an architecture junkie. I mean, I like architecture and I like architecture patterns, but I think when you first start getting into development, you really, you see the advantage of architecture patterns, right? And you read the gang of four, was it the gang of four, gang of five book, right? You have visitor and mediator and builders and all this stuff. Really get into it. And I, I certainly read it and I was really into it. But what ends up happening is like it kind of hits the real world. And what I think is more important is just having an app be easily maintained. And those patterns are important to learn. Don't get me wrong. But they they depend on the situation and they depend on the team. It, it, it's sort of similar to when I had Michaela on and we talked about what's the best backend, right? Um, it depends on the team. It depends on the programming language. It depends on what we're talking about. So with SwiftUI, like let's let's just focus on that right now, right? Um, it seems like people are really big fans of TCA. Uh, they loved my episode with Zev. The the numbers have shown. So, you know, if that's what works for your team and it's the right size of an app, then totally go for it. Um, I haven't I haven't watched the point free videos yet, but I will trust me. Um, but if your team's not really able to adapt to that then that might not be the good a good route to go like i i i don't know it really depends on the situation the other thing is what i found is that architecture patterns once you know them you want them they grow out of your code base and they grow in such a way that it fits best for the folks on your team to adapt to you don't want to do something too complicated where they don't know what to do you want the api to be easy enough for other developers on your team to do it if you're solo like that's i'm not even going to get into like what pattern to pick that's up to you and what works best for you but i think it like that i don't have a favorite so that maybe is the answer to your question um i like maybe like protocol oriented programming. I, I'm big on testing because I feel like if you can't test it, you don't really know if it works. And I've been in situations where I didn't do that and found out the hard way. Um, so I think testing is important. And if that architectural pattern helps with testing, great. 
I don't, you know, I don't think you need to have 100% TDD, but it certainly helps to get as much as you can. Um, but I don't, I don't really have a favorite architecture pattern. I guess for SwiftUI, like I'm used to MVVM. That's what I was. My experience used to be in C Sharp and Silverlight and WPF and stuff like that a hundred years ago. So I knew how that worked. And it was actually a paradigm shift for me to go to Objective-C and MVC. Um, that felt like a step back. And then now to jump back into it. I think, too, like it's helpful to watch an episode like the one with Aviel to understand what is going on underneath the hood. I think, had, <clears throat> excuse me, I think he had some really great tips. So, yeah, I hope that I hope that kind of answers your question. I don't think that there's a particular pattern that I'm a favorite of. I think it depends on the situation. And, um, as long as you're agile enough to, you know, okay, maybe I'll get into this a little bit more. Um, I, the reason why I say protocol oriented programs, I want to be able to plug in different things. I don't care about what things like how they do it. I care that they do do it. So that's important to me. And then like, that's where protocols or even like closures come in. Cause like, I want to be able to pass that in and not pass and be strongly coupled to stuff, I guess. Um, avoiding strongly coupled like structs and things like that is, is, is a path to, to, uh, tears, I guess. So be careful on that. That's, that's why I use protocols. Um, and that's, that's what, that's why probably if you want to, if you want to really learn something, uh, just a little tip is like understanding how generics work in Swift and protocols with associated types. It's easier now with any keyword, but there's a lot of power there. Um, maybe I'll share that sometime uh and making your your app agile and easy to plug in so yeah i hope that that answered your question so let's get into my plans for 2023 um i want to do more videos i want to do not like episodes but like videos kind of like the object to see one it's just difficult to find the time to do it i really want to i really want to get more videos out um, and to me, it's just almost easier and more fun for me to put together a video than it is for an article. Every year I say I'm going to blog more and that never happens. Maybe like videos are a great way for, for me to get into blogging, I guess. I don't know. Um, so yeah, bushel is definitely on my list. Um, getting that done. I kind of regret supporting Monterey at this point, but I'm going to keep doing it. Um, hopefully you appreciate that for those who still run Monterey. Uh, what else do I want to do in 2023? I mean, the schedule is going to be the same. So every other week, maybe when WWDC rolls around, I'll go to every week for a little bit and take August off again. I think that really worked. But I I hope you enjoy this show. I hope it's been helpful for you, not just in like, you know, not just fun to listen to. I hope it's actually like helpful for your career and for being a developer. I love doing this. I love it when people say the show is great. It really helps me a lot. I'll say it again. If you can take some time to post a review and Apple podcasts, YouTube, like subscribe, that really does help me. That's the best way you can show gratitude. Um, I kind of have it on the back burner to look into some membership stuff. I haven't. I probably should. I'm glad you really like the show. I'm glad you can join me for this special episode. Um, 
if I get this out after Christmas, sorry, but Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, hope you have a great holiday, and I look forward to talking to you again in 2023. We have a great lineup coming up. Antoine is going to come back. So in case you're wondering about a more technical year in review, we'll be doing that. I'll have Antoine on to the second time he's on to talk about our year in review in the Apple dev space and Swift. So be on the lookout for that episode in a week or two. Uh, We'll have Sven and Dave on together, Sven Schmidt and Dave Verwer of Swift Package Index and iOS Dev Weekly. So you'll definitely want to check that out. That'll be out in a few weeks after Antoine's Marin. Hopefully I'll have him on in February. And yeah, if you're interested in coming on, please DM me. I'd love to have you on. I think it's a great opportunity, a great way to practice. Hopefully I don't ask too many tough questions and make it a good experience. You can ask other guests. Thank you so much for joining me and have a happy new year and see you again in 2023. Bye everyone. Thank you.